thanks for, so much for having me uh, on the number one uh, Midtown mm. podcast by a construction. Whoa. Come on yeah. now. Let's go. I think so, somebody might have paid this guy to Someone say that, did. but for sure caught me off guard. Guys, this has been a wild ride. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, welcome to the Popular Podcast. It's Tyler Dietring and everybody's favorite. This is what you guys are here for. It's Nick Burns. What's up, my man? What's up? What's up? It is Friday. I'm excited about uh, the finish of the week here. I'm excited about next week, but I'm more excited about a conversation we've got today with Mr. Nick Dennison. We've got a real heavy hitter on our hands. This is Nick Dennison. How are you doing, my man? Hey, my dudes. Doing great. That's awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this because, you know, I've got to be around you guys together a decent amount, and it's always a fun time. We always laugh and giggle a little, maybe a little bit too much sometimes. Not too much. Not too much. Not too much. But I think it's going to be a fun conversation today. We are fun guys. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We are fun guys. F-U-N. Do you think that you guys are funny? Do you guys think that you're individually funny? That's a good question. Ask my wife. Oh. My wife will say... My wife will say, uh, yeah, Tyler thinks he's very funny. And she constantly says things. Thanks. And Nick and Thanks. I actually had this conversation. My wife often says, you're not as funny as you think you are. So I don't know if I'm funny, but like, I think I'm funny. So Nick, do you think that you're funny? I mean, I like other people telling me I'm funny. You know, It's one of those things if you have yeah. to say you're funny yes. or like, I'm a fun guy. You're not, yeah, right? You're really but not. But it's like, I mean, am, yeah. am I a funny guy? I think I think you you guys are both pretty yep. funny, All especially right. you guys get together. It's like it's like yeah. it's not double funny. Yeah, it's like triple funny. Yeah. Multiplies. Wow. It's incredible. Tell our wives that. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, just we'll get them on the podcast and we'll yuck it up. And That'd be a real time. hoot. Yeah, <laughs> let's jump into this. <laughs> okay, Nick. So your your business is One Architecture. Um, I want to start from like, let's start before One Architecture. Let's go through like maybe high school as a child going into college. What did you have any like leadership um, thoughts? Did you always want to be a leader, a business owner? Kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So the year was 1981 in Long Beach, California. And there I was <laughs> being born. Yes. No, I, going back uh, like kindergarten, right, is kind of when uh, I don't remember a lot from kindergarten, but I do remember being outside and uh, they had brought a whole bunch of lumber and nails and stuff. And it was one of those, I, I remember staying back and actually, uh, you know, you got to build whatever you want and everyone else was inside, but I was still out there thinking around. And, uh, uh, that's one memory that stood out, um, that's come back to me and be like, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. Um, but you know, we moved here in the nineties. So, oh, stop me. What does that relate to what you're doing now? I'm interested. Architecture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just working with your hand, just being, uh, the science methodology of how things are put together um just being able the freedom you know to create uh, i think is um uh, yeah Im- Im- important to me at least and being able to express yourself and have something you know to show everyone hey this is what i've i've done mm-hmm. but yeah so at an earlier age you know i, I was a uh kid that was average in sports um and in grades um, but art was something I always kind of fell back on. Um, I really enjoyed doing ceramics and my family actually, you know, my mom's an artist. She paints murals all around town. My great grandmother, uh, was, um, 
she painted in, in oils and acrylics and all that. So we've got lots of paintings around. My granddad was a photographer. So wow. always kind of surrounded by the arts, but you know, me, I wanted to be a businessman, yeah. you know, in high school, I yeah. took like law, I took like BCTI and all of these things. Like I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted to be in business. Cause that's what, you know, guys did. Yeah. And so again, uh, I think it was like freshman year before going to OU, I was um, enrolled in the Michael Price, you know, uh, business school. And then I took like a fast track, like one week course for with TCC. Uh, it was an art appreciation class. And it was like one of those, it's like eight hour uh, days, right? So you're like, like you know, eight to five, like <laughs> covered, like fast track. Oh, and yeah. they had uh, all this stuff, which I thought was fairly interesting. Uh and then there was a just a one day course in architecture and like all, you know, drawing on the arts. And then like we went downtown and got an appreciation for all the art deco that was down there. I was like, okay, this might be something I could be interested in. So I had a cousin that was already enrolled in architecture and he's very analytical, you know, like, um, you know, could made a lot better grades than I did and could process stuff, had like a full ride to uh, Rice and he was going to go to OU and start architecture. He's like, well, man, like, let's just do it together. Like you can do the design, you know, the hoity-toity stuff and work with the clients that I could do, you know, all the code and, and all that. And so that's, that's what we, we did. And, you know, I, I, I stuck through, he ended up changing his uh, major about like second or third, um, but I, I finished it out and um, yeah, came back to Tulsa. I, I was very, Having lived in Tulsa, I had a lot of friends that went out to Dallas and, and places all around. But, you know, I saw the potential and especially, you know, back in 2006 when I graduated, uh, downtown really didn't have a whole lot. Um, it was just on the cusp of being revitalized. So all the potential in the world uh, here is like, you know, a hometown kid to come and make a difference in my backyard. And um, I've, I've really enjoyed doing it. Um I worked with the the first firm right out of school for about eight years and got just the best education I could possibly hope for. Mm. Um, you know, we, we, we had a lot of great projects, downtown, uh, urban, um, renewal projects and, um, had a great staff and, and a lot of older guys that kind of helped and, you know, mold, helped mold me to be the guy I am today. And so mm. it came to a point that I wasn't, you know, I had a wheelhouse of like, kind of like in architecture, you've got process of, you know, programming conceptual stuff where you're sitting down with the owner and going through all the heart, you know, of, of what, what it is that we're doing. And then it gets into schematics once you kind of get that on paper of, okay, here's the plan. Uh, let's start coming up with some ideas uh, that goes into like some design development, uh, you know, contract documents, which, you know, is when you guys typically get involved Um depending on the construction method. And then it's like, then the construction administration, all that to be said, I had a wheelhouse of schematic design to CD. And I, I lived in that world of, of, of safe, uh, where I didn't really get a lot of owner interaction and I didn't get a lot of involvement, like with contractors or a lot of FaceTime. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I, I reached a point to where uh, I was looking for a change and, uh, and that was, you were saying at, at the first firm that you were yeah, with. Okay. Yeah. So eight hours, just kind of getting my, grasp of, of who I am, like getting some real life. Yeah. And I had internships all through school as well, which was kind of, I think helped me out. And I did a minor in construction, uh, which mm. I think everyone should have. The only thing I didn't have is a business background. So it's like, when I set out, I was going to go 
do business, that's the one thing like they don't teach you in architecture school, right? And you don't really have a place uh, in, in your head. It's all about what am I designing, you know, like constructability and all of that, like life safety is, is all the heavy hitting stuff. But no, mm-hmm. no one teaches you how to run a business. So um, yeah, it was about 10 years ago, um, came over to better. Yeah, thanks. Uh, one architecture. And um, yeah, we're, I'm a second generation owner in a triplet. I'd say I was born into entrepreneurship with uh, my two partners now, Kevin uh, Hale and uh, Melissa Lynn, and very fortunate to have been able to go through this process with them because, um, you know, it's hard uh, being an owner and it's like you, you get your wheelhouse and it's, it's fun to be able to excel in that. And then it's something between the three of us, we all have our strengths and, and, and have helped each other through this process together. So we started kind of our journey about five years ago and just, uh, you know, it's been an exciting year for us. Uh, the beginning of this year, uh, we had purchased or bought the rest of our company, um, of one architecture. And now we've just been hitting it hard. Um, you know, it's kind of the first time we're allowed to start dreaming. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're in the middle of a new marketing branding campaign. We've started like EOS, um, shout out to my man, uh, Nate Brim as far as like us being able to start a dialogue and uh, actually kind of not just be reactionary to the processes that this is the way we've been doing it, but like Mm -hmm. being very intentional about how we want to run our business, uh, the culture we want to create with our staff. Um, And yeah, sorry, that's just a blackout version of the. No, that's, that's a, well, I think a couple of interesting pieces there just right out of the gates, you said, you know, kind of coming from the, I guess, artistic background with your, with your family um, and kind of that creative, that creative side of what architecture is. Uh, but then also uh, the, the experience you were able to gather at your first firm kind of on the ground level, you know, we've talked about this with a couple of our guests about how can you ever be a leader at the top if you've never seen and done what's on the bottom. And that's, that's seems, that point. seems like exactly like what you've Yeah. Another thing we've firm. talked about is, you're learning the craft. You're being paid to learn the craft by another company. And then you're going and you're doing it yourself, which, you know, most firms don't want people to do that because they want to keep their really good employees. But the reality is, is like, um, it's impossible to keep those type of employees who have aspirations to start a business because they're just not going to be happy. Right. Um, so I think that leads into the next question. Um, would you be a good employee right now, Nick? Could you ever go back to being an employee? I mean, I w- I would say maybe, I don't know. That's yeah. depends <laughs> on the situation. A very definitive. Maybe it, it'd have to be for the right person and, yeah. and, and doing the, you know, the right thing. I mean, I, I mean, I'm extremely happy with where I yeah. am today, yeah. but like, could I, I mean, it, it is one of those things as you get older and, and you find the things that you enjoy doing, I think there's a pocket to where, you know, maybe I'll, I'll yeah. float it like that, but I'm, you know, I think the sky. Yeah, obviously, right obviously, there's no thoughts of that, but like, yeah, I just, I think of myself, man, could I ever go back to that? I wouldn't want to. Yeah, I, to be I just dire, don't kind of. think I could. I was <laughs> like, gosh, could I ever go and work for the man again? I just don't. Know. I'd make a really bad employee today. Yeah, like terrible. It depends. I mean, it's all about yeah, choosing your company, right? But if it's like with a friend or something, yeah. but it's just like yeah. I couldn't work in like a corporate yeah. type of yeah. scenario yeah. again. Yeah. So. You've been ruined. Um, I want to jump back. So something you touched on, which I think is unique um, to you, although you may not think it's unique, but 
most architects are not, um, they don't think about constructability. Would you agree with that? I mean, that's a general, but, but like, yeah, that, that's the, that's the perception that they don't, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone gets it's, it, and I think easy if you don't have that background in construction or if you haven't been on a job site or if you haven't been in a position to where, you know, your contractor buddy's struggling with like, how do I build this? Or, you know, an owner's come in and like asking me like, why did we do it like this? Yeah. Why am I spending money on this? Yeah. Uh, you, you, I think it is, um, yeah, you have to be in those situations to appreciate like, yeah, man, uh, you got to watch out for everyone's back yeah. and how things are put together. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is I went to your house once is probably a year or two ago. And I was like, man, he actually built stuff. Like I was, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, this guy built a treehouse for his kid. It's, it's really good. Thanks. It's like, but that is not common in architecture. I, I get, I just have never seen that. Mm. So, so when I say that people that architects don't think in terms of constructability, I'm saying that in terms of they don't think like a contractor, like I think that you potentially can, because you actually have the, I guess, the skills to do that. Does that make sense? I praise me. And oh, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, well, I think also some, some architects are maybe a, a little bit um, scared to fail. Like whenever, oh, yeah. whenever I went in and it's like, I, I didn't know how to, you know, drive a nail or like build a I deck and it's all that, but yeah. it's like, it was one of those, you know, with the YouTube and all that. It's like, I laid all the flooring in my house. Yeah. I did a tile and I, I wasn't afraid to yeah. fail at it. Yeah. So it, it's my one chance, especially my house of like, okay, these are the things I get to to yeah. do and, and try um, myself um, and just kind of see if I could do it. And yeah, yeah I've, I've failed at some stuff. Yeah. That, that fear sure. of failure, I think is interesting, which I think with engineers, architects, the brain, it like construction guys, we fail every day. Like it's just a normal, normal thing. But I think that is unique to, to construction guys. And also you're showing your age because you said the YouTube. So well, that was... you can tell that you're over 40 because you just oh, said the listen, YouTube. I mean, I'm not, I am right at 40. Right at 40. 40 you're over 40. <laughs> this Halloween, yeah. 41. Uh, but yeah. Uh, well, and also you have, when you're designing and you're, um, you're kind of in a vacuum at some point. And it's, it's, I think it's important to step out of that. So you like, you, you're allowed to control a lot of things when you're there drawing, um, you know, you're in it, but then it's like the real world kicks in. It's like, are you adaptable? For um, sure. And I think that's very important in, in how you, uh, yeah, grow yourself as being adaptable. Yeah. So I was, I was going to ask, so you've, uh, so you learned a lot of these things early on, like you kind of mentioned earlier with your first firm, um, maybe some of these things you've picked up just kind of on your own time. Um, now you've decided, Hey, I'm going to go out I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to do my own thing on my own. What does that look like? What, how did you, how did you begin that? What was your first step? What were the first things you were thinking about? What did that look like? Well, I mean, it, it was a little bit different, I guess for yeah. me, because uh, I, I was almost like cultivated. Like there was an understanding whenever I came and joined one architecture that there was a path to leadership. Yeah. He was not a founder, but yeah. he came in with the intention of being an owner. Oh, right? okay. Okay. So yeah. Um, no, the or, original principal, like he started in 2005 and, you know, I, I came on, was it 2013? So there was already an establishment there and, and a, a portfolio. Okay. Um, and then the, along the same time, again, it was one of the best things like uh, Kevin and Melissa had started around the same time. And it was one of those that we 
we were all pretty much at an early age. Like I went from being, you know, a high level uh, intern, like project leader at my original firm to a project manager day one, you know, like doing my own project, being in front of an owner and a client and being in front of a contractor and having some, some bumps in there. And so it was a, it was the best thing. And so I kind of got just pushed out there like, okay, you're, you're doing it now. Mm -hmm. And then within that, um, it, uh, being an associate principal, I think within the next year. And then I think a year or two after that, uh, having a seat as a principal and, and an owner. So, um, yeah, all three of us kind of were able to have that journey together, which I think has been, it's been good. For yeah, me. for sure. And so speaking on that, what's been like the most, I'm sure there's been things that you haven't expected. Like you got into owners, you're, you're like, okay, great. Now I'm an owner. Everything's going to be beautiful. Everything's going to be smooth. What are some challenges that you didn't expect along the way? Well, day one is like how to get work. Right? Oh yeah. It's so, so it's like, yeah. you're, you're sitting there and it's like, okay, here's your project. Here's a Monday meeting. Uh, okay. This is what you're going to be working on. And uh, you know, like this is the timeline. This is like the, the fees already there. Like uh, who, who knows? Uh, then it's like once being an owner, then it's like, how, how do you get work? You know, how, how, and it's not just that it's like, what, what's going to set me apart from anyone else. I mean, I used to joke around this, like, uh, you know, like sitting down with an owner, like what at the end of this, you know, you're going to get a building, uh, whether you go with me or someone else, but it's like for me very much. Uh, and, and I joke about that now because it's like, it is the process. Like, who do you want to spend your time with? And like from, you know, we're, we're design junkies and we'll make a project out of anything and we'll put in the time, whether you like it or not. Uh, but at the same time, it's all about the connections uh, made and who at the end of the day, do you want to spend time with and, mm. and do those things? So, yeah. That sounds familiar. Now. It does sound familiar. It sounds like Somewhere. the in-between. Sounds like the in-between. Um, yeah. So what's been, so that's kind of the challenges. Hey, we've got to find work. What are some things that you've experienced that are like, Hey, this is just awesome. This is incredible about a business ownership. What's something like that? Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot that's awesome about obviously. I mean, that's why yeah. um, we do it, but just, I, I guess the freedom yeah. um, to um, create culture yeah, absolutely. In, in, in our office, like really just hmm. uh, it's the same thing on, on just who you bring in and um, how, again, you spend your time and your day and having, um, yeah, just that 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 type of it's not power, but it's just having a seat at the table and being able to help um, guide those decisions, and um, it's probably the the biggest thing. And also, the as you grow, like personally, how what do I enjoy doing, uh, and then being able to delegate and elevate that to whether it's one of my partners laterally or if there's someone else that's excelling in something that. I struggle in like being able to, um, you know, pass those things off that, yeah, I, I don't have any interest in doing mm -hmm. those things. And there's, there's people luckily for us and our, our firm that can handle some of those a lot better. So, yeah. And when you're talking about creating culture, I think that's interesting. I think that's so important for several reasons. Um, but you're not just creating culture. You're also create recreating your brand right now currently. Is that correct? Yeah. And so, I mean, you're going back, you're basically starting from zero and you're saying, how can we create this brand that's going to be desirable to others and that we're proud to market? Like, 
walk us through some of the thought process and what you've been through and kind of what's left to do with your branding. Yeah. So we, we had a great client get with creative that we did some trade out with, uh, got to work on a couple of their offices and we hadn't really thought about doing a rebrand, but just like this whole exciting momentum of, uh, about new ownership. And it's just like, man, what, I mean, we don't have to use this logo. We don't have to, you know, be perceived in the same light. Like it, let's take this, um, good juju and, and roll it into something, uh, that we're all proud of and, and that we all have helped develop together. So, I mean, we actually started that process last year, um, and we're still doing it. So it's like the first thing that we found is, uh, you know, newly, uh, baby, uh, triplets into ownership is like, yeah, we all have opinions and being able to like just a logo, right. And what goes into that and having three design, uh, peeps, uh, that aren't afraid to share those things, which is great. Yes. That process takes yes. a little bit longer. So. Yeah. I think it was last year. I remember you sending me a couple logos yeah. and you're like, Hey, out of these three, which one do you like? Yeah. And I don't remember which one I said, but, but I think you said, Hey, you should like this one. Yeah. Is that there, 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 there is a right answer. <laughs> there yeah. is a right answer. Yeah. I hope Mel and Kevin are not listening, but, yeah. but, um, and here's the deal. This, that's not, we didn't choose either one of those. Like yeah. we ended up, uh, Kevin took it in and was able to interpret kind of what we were all saying and we all did sketches man it was ridiculous the process just to come up yeah. with a logo but uh yeah that that we didn't even choose one of those yeah of i think that's interesting you know marketing is a um it's an interesting skill set and you know what i think is interesting is you can have a really great company that is terrible at marketing yeah and there's a good chance they're not going to succeed right and there's a lot of really crappy companies who are amazing at marketing and they're doing really well. They're killing it. So I think that's an interesting thought that like, it's not so much about what you do. It's about the perception of who you are as a company. Have you thought about that? Have you sat down and had that thought? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing, like what's going to set you apart from everyone else. Like it's, I genuinely uh, feel it in my heart just because we uh, give a damn about what we do and we, we pour over it every day that, you know, we have to be, I would say the best or like, you know, at the top, but it's like every, I think everyone has that perception. So it's like, really, what are the things and the processes that you do? What, what is it that makes you the best? Mm -hmm. And so like being able we're, we're that's kind of where we're in right now is like creating the processes of really sitting back and saying, okay, this is the way that we've been doing. It, these are the clients we've been going after. Like we've kind of just been a buckshot to where like we'll take, you know, anything uh, that comes in the door. And, and now it's just like, man, like there is a skill set. Like if, if, if being asked what kind of projects do you want to work on, we should have an opinion about that oh, for sure. Who, who uh, you want to work for or work with. Yeah. We have opinions on, about that. So being more intentional on um, who the work that we go after and the connections that we make, um, I, I think is part of that, um, us identifying, you know, who we are, um, as, as, as a brand and, and, and who we want to, to work with. So as far as marketing, it's to me that I kind of got pushed into that earlier, as far as like the, the Trinity, you know, me, Kevin and Mel, it was one of those, um, all things considered like architects, uh, I get forced into kind of the BD marketing stuff. And 
I've learned to enjoy it because like at first it was like, just like, you know, door to door kind of salesman, like trying to push yourself onto people. And like at the end of it, just like, man, that's not how it's done. It's like, it's making the connections and then whatever happens down the road um, could happen. If not, it's just like, no, it's out there. Just really putting yourself out there, being uh, brand awareness and, and, and people know who you are and whether they like you or not, you're going to be able to attract those people that, mm. you know, are of uh, a like mind. And that's when the opportunities start to happen is later down the road. Well, it, it seems like the industry also dictates that a lot, you know, more generally, I would think that, you know, businesses like commercial construction and architecture, you can't sample the product, right? You don't really sample the product. So it seems like more so on the front end of a business like that, you've got to be perceived as, man, they can do the job. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because we've talked about that a lot. We can't show them what our product is going to be because it's a service. It's so much about how you feel when you're working with us, right? It's the client experience. So on the front end, when we're dealing with a potential client, we want that client experience to be so good that they feel like that it's more beneficial for them to go with us than with someone else. And it's 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 a very interesting thought. And I think also with more millennials and younger professionals coming up, like it's going to be more advantageous for that type of thought. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Because I think the way that you sell is changing. I think the way that you market yourself is changing to, um, to cater to less of the boomers and kind of phasing out of the, we're still in the Gen X, but phasing to the younger Gen Xs and the older millennials at this point. Yeah. I'd jump on board with that. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I guess we're done here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, let's, let's talk about hiring practices. What are, what are some things you've learned, um, over the past five years, you've hired a lot of people. Have you had to fire anybody? Um, first of all, have you had to fire anybody, Nick? Yeah, that was, uh, unfortunately it, that even before I was a principal, I think, yeah, associate principal, it was one of those that had to hire. And unfortunately, uh, very quickly, we realized that it wasn't going to work out. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's a hard conversation to have. We're, we're a small firm. I mean, we're, we're, we hug right around 10 people. And so we've always prided, you know, ourselves on being like real lean and mean, like we're all doers. Um, you can't, you can't have people that aren't, aren't, aren't pulling weight, um, for sure. in a very hard way with, with the size of firm that we're at. Yeah. And so there, there's a, a lot of expectation there. And, you know, um, earlier, yeah, like I said, having to fire someone, we are more intentional on our hires. Yeah. And so the thing that we're learning in, We've had some people that have, have come and, and go, but mostly on own accord, you know, like things like I feel like um, just has, hasn't worked out and it's, it's come to an end. Like people have, we had a layoff or a couple layoffs um, due to some pre COVID um, or stuff. And so like that, that was in someone who had left, but it's, it's in, it's given us an opportunity to kind of staff up and be more intentional and so I think that's the thing is like, we've created like, um, core values now, um, with this on who, it, who we want to hire, who we fire, like yep. they are guiding principles. And so it's like yep. one of those, when we're hiring someone, we have it in the back of our mind on what these core principles are when it comes to, you know, we, 
monthly or yearly um, reviews, like we're harping and everything's about the core values. And so if, if you get fired, if that day comes, it's, it's probably uh, because you're not meeting one of those core values. Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, you know, this kind of makes me think of another question here on the hiring and adding people to the team side. You, you also mentioned that yeah. <clears throat> you guys are all doers. Um, and I, I would assume that over the years you have built a standard for yourself and how you want to operate. My question is on delegation. How have you approached delegation and holding a high standard for yourself and, and then also trying to hold others to that same standard? How has that worked for you? Man, that's been that's like a great question. That is, that's Nick. a, that's probably one of the hardest things as like, uh, in a business owner is it's like, like you want to hold people to a high standard, but not like even higher than yourself. Right. But it's hard not to, cause it's just like you, you kind of get this, um, you get removed from, um, being involved in the documents, you know, for, for mine, like, man, this shouldn't take this long or, you know, uh, it's what really, I'm saying. yeah, exactly. Like, why, why, <laughs> but why it yeah, so yeah, it's just like, but that's a better, like, that's a question, right? Like, so why is this taking as long as it is, you know, like in being able to understand, um, you know, where they're coming from is, is, is difficult because it's when Kevin Mel and I were all like starting out, we, we were all project managers and, and we, we pulled late nights and like, it was one of those things, like it was, we did it all. And so like when you, when you, um, and, and we're lucky now, like we've been building up internally, um, our, our, middle management because we weren't allowed to elevate. I mean, we couldn't start doing the things that we're doing today and, and really specializing in uh, the kind of the three sectors that we're doing at high level until you have that strong management. And we're fortunate now um, that we, we've got some great staff that that are really killing it and that have, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a circle. We build them up, they build us up and it's just, um, yeah, how, how we like to do business, but yeah, it's been a, a struggle to kind of get there because it all comes to understanding and, and then I think one of the, the most beneficial things that we've done is, is created like um, our roles uh, was the first thing, like wh- wh- what is everyone doing here? What yes. What is their part of this puzzle? Yeah. Uh, and then we've done like, you know, almost like a accountability chart is what like we call it. So these are how we react or this is what you're responsible for. This is what I'm responsible for. So creating clear lines uh, for of sure. what everyone's responsibility is, then it actually makes it for a better conversation when you have your check-ins with each other. Like, okay, man, uh, this is clearly uh, your responsibility. Um, and, you know, what are we going to, yeah. what's going to take to get this thing wrapped up? So do you have certain people in charge of certain like projects or, because what I found and what I say is if more than one person is, in charge of something, no one's in charge because no one takes full responsibility for what's going on unless one person, because if there's two people, they're like, Hey, well, he'll take care of it. Right. So like, do you have that? Have you established that? Yeah. I think it again would always be uh, one of the three of us as a principal and and like a a manager. And so like the fact that now we've got um, staff that is capable of fully managing projects to where, you know, no, I'm not the lead. I'm, I'm, I'm in a supporting role to you. Okay. I, I'll be copied on everything. And so it's, it's really important. Like we say, like to delegate and elevate to where there's, there's 
80% that you could do here, but I'm here for the 20% you can't. And so, um, yeah, that we try to instill that ownership of a project and it, it's one of those things I still worry about it. You know, the, the client, like, are they being handled and like there's check-ins with your team and the, on the owner side that, you know, I'm still involved in those high level, um, uh, but I'm not doing a hundred percent of it. Like it's one of those when I'm the one that's having everything's filtered through me, then it's like there, it is confusing for the owner. Like, well, who, uh, there, you're going to get a quicker answer if you go to the person that's Correct. managing the project. So, uh, just kind of letting go of, of that mentality and and really being of a supportive role to our staff and our managers and being able to help them and build them up so they can come to the next level so that, you know, they can get some staff under them. Which, you know, that, that extremely changes your perspective and the things that you're thinking about every day. And, you know, you've talked about this already. You guys are in the middle of kind of setting the structure of what you guys are as a company, who you want to be perceived as. Um, talking about vision, how did where did the vision begin? What did you want uh, to create for yourself? And uh, and then how has that vision changed? You're now kind of intentionally thinking about that now, but how has your vision now changed to um, kind of accommodate for what's happened since you began? But yeah, we, we've um, established that it is difficult to get in projects. So that is trying to make that like a, a full-time job for myself. Mm -hmm. And so, excuse me. Um, so there's still things that I enjoy doing and there's, um, but we've really started to division ourselves off. Like, um, I'm your BD marketing guy at one architecture, you know, still have a heavy hand in, in all client development, um, and, and design. Um, so, those are the things that that's my wheelhouse and, and the things that like coming into uh, specialize within our own office, you know, Kevin, he's in charge of all things financial, you know, the code guy um, and like people start to know to, to go to those things. Um, and then Melissa is just like our overall like office management, like the, the managing principal that, you know, as far as scheduling and all the projects that I'm out there, hopefully bagging and bringing in, you know, how are we going to be able um, to commit to or, or stand by what we've committed to with staff and, and getting them loaded up in direction. So us being able to kind of dissect, um, you know, a, a project in that standard and being able to bring it in and, and kind of cram come up with these processes. The biggest thing is like, you can say what I'm responsible for, but now what we're working on is like, how does that work with each other? Like um, within the office and, how is communication happening? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of where we're, we're kind of in the middle of it right now on, mm -hmm. on defining those processes. We know what they are. We've got nine of them that we've identified as like, okay, these are things that we don't have a process for because these are new roles and new responsibilities that we're developing and building. And so there has to be a line of communication on how these things operate, um, together. And then there's things that we're just taking in another look at. Um, and, and seeing if we can't do them better. So what is the vision going forward for One Architecture? Is it, hey, we want to grow to be a 20-person firm because right now you're about 10? Or is it, hey, we want to get really good at the size we're at now? What does the next five years look like for One Architecture? Sure. I mean, we've got metrics there as far as, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like revenue, right? And, and well, not just that, but profit. So like there, there, there are, are some of that in, that's growth. You always want to be 
better than the year before. I mean, that's kind of like a given for Is us. Is that a good thing? Be better, uh, make Been more. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Now I got, hold on. I got to yeah. re- check, reevaluate. Check, check your that. notes. Crunch, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, in that, it, it's it's like how we grow, uh, what what we're doing on the, on the daily. So um, like I said, like some of those, uh, the core values, like we hire and, and, and fire are, those are humble confidence, design with ease, unequivocal, unequivocal excellence, which I interpret to like give a damn, um, curious and imaginative and authentic and fun. So those are the five things that when you boil it down, that's like what we try to instill in ourselves. And then when we're hiring, firing and all that, those are, those are, those are the five things. So, um, boy, that would really suck to get fired. Cause you're not fun. No. Yeah. You're, you're a real, you're a real bore. You it's really just suck, out of here. suck the no, joy right out of exactly. here. That's why I said, like, hopefully I'm fun. Right guys. We've established that. Well, no. we'll determine this on the, on the recap. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You it's, may be fired. It's more so being like authentic. And yeah. Fun. So um, in that, like our purpose, the thing that we, after all this, like I said, uh, I boiled it down to like, what is our daily? Like, what do we, all of us get up uh, and what's going to get us jacked to come to work? Yeah. And that is space exploring with friends. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it is a pun, you know, like as far as like architecture, like being able, um, we want to, yeah, explore space, what that means. And I think it's kind of a fun way um, to to say that without saying you're fun, yeah. obviously. With friends, then, it's like yeah. whether it's in the company or uh, with um, potential clients or owners, like it's just you want to have just that that carefree, like that's knowing that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing and uh, that the understanding's there. So, yeah. um, Well, the listeners are dying to know. Earlier, you were talking about you, Mel, and Kevin being triplets. So are you guys identical or fraternal triplets? We need to know. Um, uh, we're, yeah, not identical. Like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> far far from identical. Okay. But that's what makes us, yeah, I think strong is that, yeah, we're all very different. Uh, yeah. It is time for the lightning round. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. Nick's lightning round here coming up. So the way this is going to work, Nick, coming from another Nick, this is not Nick, Nick, your lightning. This is my lightning round. Okay. Nick and Nick. So I don't get to ask Um, any questions. Nick, 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 Nick. Nick's lightning round. Nickelodeon. Uh, Okay. So we got a couple questions here. Don't think too much about them. First thing that really comes to mind, um, and this is the purpose of this here, is to kind of get a little bit more insight on what's going on in Nick's mind. Uh, what's going on outside of the business world. And then uh, we're going to keep the conversation going with some things that maybe you're creating moving into the future. So question number one is what is one thing that you do outside of your business that allows you to be successful, operate at a high level in your business? That's good. Yeah. Just kick it, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, one thing outside uh, is get, I get charged by like cycling, you know, like big time and, and like uh family time. And so like now I'm getting to the point that I'm able to kind of merge those a little bit. Uh, my kid nice. Bodie, uh, you know, he, he's starting, uh, to, to ride with me and, uh, cool. we'll pound like 25 miles together. Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but man, yeah, that 
being able to step back and then even the the time I have alone, mm-hmm. uh, man. Fulfillment and refreshment. It's big for sure. Yeah. Just some reflection time of, of a, it, it's a fun thing, you know, cycling, it kind of brings you back to being a kid, but then you process a lot of stuff. And then, um, yeah, I think that, that kind of charges me, uh, to Love get it. excited for work. Question number two is what time do you wake up in the morning? And again, if it's, it hasn't been a lot this year, but when I was cycling pretty heavy, it was like five 30, uh, now yeah, it's six 15. Cool. Um, question number three, and this one's a tough one. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Ooh. I mean, are you more of a pursuer or an avoider? I guess yeah, maybe would I, be another way to think. Of I it. mean, I love to win. Love winning, to win. Winning is my favorite. Without a doubt. Love it. Question number four, who is one person that has supported you from the beginning? Yeah, my mother. Uh, Go mom. Yeah. You already uh, you already kind of mentioned a pastime, but I'll ask again. What is your favorite pastime? What do you like to do for fun? What was the one I mentioned? Well, you, you mentioned cycling. Okay, kind of seemed like that might be. Yeah, I just learned how to ride a bike this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one. Fishing, just guy stuff like middle aged uh, guy stuff. White fishing, stuff. yeah. Work tinkering yeah. on my old truck. Just yeah. guys shooting shoot dudes, yeah. shooting guns. Yeah, <laughs> Forerunners, you know, Toyota Forerunners. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Okay, final question here, and we'll continue the conversation. What are you currently speaking into existence? It's kind of this kind of plays right in line. You're talking about casting the vision and and building the systems and process of operation within your company. What are you speaking into existence right now? Yeah, yeah a, a new market uh, this year. Um, again, going back to the process and in us uh, in our relationships with the owner being the the primary focus on probably what we do at One Architecture and I'd say Excel in is uh, we've branched out into owner's representative services. Hmm. And it's uh, one of those things we historically architects have always acted on behalf of the owner, but like, you know, the owner's rep role is something that's kind of new to the industry and um, we really enjoy that. And so um, we were fortunate to have uh, got our first client towards the end of last year and maintain a relationship. Now we're managing like six of their projects. Uh, We had an interview yesterday, um, which I think went well, but Uh, it's starting to grow and like, it's been about close to half of our revenue. Um, So it's Mm. one of those, like it's new for us. It's exciting, but it's still tapped into what we love and enjoy doing and uh, really excited for the the future and potential on how that that could go. Well, you you have that. I was going to say you have passed the lightning round uh, quiz. So I had one more question Uh, for the lightning round. No. Um, And then then I want to, yeah, the, the people want to know they they wanted to know two questions. Okay. Are you triplets, which we've established you are just non-identical triplets. And the second is what kind of product do you use in your hair? I mean, <laughs> like a, a bomb. bomb. Uh, I don't know. It's a bomb. It's a bomb Obviously, or, it's bomb. Or is it pomade? Uh, it's like B-O-M-B. It's like bomb, dude. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, it's like a pomade. But then I'll, when I'm at the door, um, I'll use some of the kids' hairspray just to kind of top it off. <laughs> uh, Ginger's got a little uh, I love it. A hair, a hairdo just stand right smell, outside the door. Or? No, just to kind of. Does it have like a, a little... fruity smell? Is that what? You can smell it if you want. If he wants to smell my hair. Yeah. Oh. Let's jump. 
jump back to the ownership thing back to a serious question so <laughs> um it's tough to keep really really track. tough to transition tough to get back, back on track as an owner's rep are you still you know because um i i don't know how to ask this do you still claim that you does like what is your relationship with that project do you market it as hey we did this project or hey we were involved in this project what does that look like uh, as far as architecture yeah because yeah the project that you were involved with like the higher profile that's great for future projects so what are you i guess saying about the ones that you're just an owner's rep on just an owner's rep i mean to, to us again because we've we've managed those projects and that our whole shtick is like uh architects like i said make in our opinion, the best owners rep because it, it's it's a it's a grind, man, to be in there defensively, getting in there and being able to see blind quarters. A lot of the owners reps today are from, but from a construction background, yeah. And so, which is great, and 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 they're they're they've got their specialties there. But uh, our standpoint is like it's from the architecture and the projects and you know the years we've been doing this that make us. Uh, really great on the front end side because you know we've been in there we know how documents are supposed to be put together uh, at least uh, to our standard the level of coordination and it's one of those things like once you lose that uh, once it goes out to bid you lose that control so being able to really get into the drawings and, and making sure that you know before they even hit the streets um, uh, for bidding that they're fully coordinated. You know, there's no blind spots and uh, being able to set up the drawings, even in like, you know, the budget. And I think that's one of the things that we do very well is uh, we're conscious of the owner's needs and know that there's a cap there. So being able to translate those into proper bidding documents, as far as what's in a base bid, additive alternates, deductive, having that understanding with the owner, because man, if you show them a pretty picture in a building, uh, and then Sold. it hits the streets. Yeah, no, that's what the, that's in their head. That's, that's what it. it needs to be. But if you have an understanding and know enough, you know, from experience that, you know, I, I know this is kind of what you want, but this isn't um, practical. We need to set some expectations here. And so it, it's all about understanding um, and, and how you present that information. And I, I think it's something that we've had to do uh, for a long time now. So um all that to be said is like, yeah, we, we compartmentalize like what we do in architecture and in owner's rep. If we're your owner's rep, we're not going to be doing the architecture on it. Okay. So I, I was going to yeah. ask, I would think that somebody's objective might be that there's a conflict of interest. No, not at all. Know? I mean, okay. there's, there's so a very hard line there. We don't want the responsibility as the architect yeah. of record. You know, these are your drawings and you own them. Um, we'll make recommendations uh, like more like questions, right? Like, um, did you think of this or is this, is this practice? So sure. we, we put it out there, but no, that's not our role. Is that, uh, is that branch of the business? Is that branded under what this new brand is being created as, or is that going to be a separate entity? So great question. So like our 10 year target looking down the road is like, we want to create a rich multidisciplinary culture and it's kind of vague, but this is like one of those avenues. So in a more kind of tangible thought is like, we want to have other spinoffs of one architecture and and how that works. I mean, it's still conceptual, right? Whether it's, you know, one architecture LLC or if it's a separate one and, and how that works. But the first one that, that we knew that 
you know, this is kind of step one is, is owner's rep services. And so right now it's under one architecture when we submit a proposal or it, it, it's carried under us that there could be a day that that could be uh, branched off um, and it's its own thing that works um, in support with one architecture. Two of the other ones, and this is far out there, that's like, man, if we can do these things, like we're high-fiving at the end of 10 years and we're just, uh, man, it's it's been a, a good ride. These could change, but another kind of offshoot of that of of one architecture is, you know, the graphics. We did um, a a whole all the the art or pop art um, for the Cherokee Casino, um, and we really enjoyed doing it. So it's like they had like pictures of Madonna that and all these like they had this whole graphics package that was then stylized and provided by us that we've got a team in our office that just loves doing graphics and so being able to have that creative outlet we've gotten a couple more projects uh, in that vein too with that experience uh, um, just digital graphic art Mm. Um, the third one which I'm very passionate about and um, is getting into more of a fabrication role so it's like Mm. again being able to have that um just the control and understanding with the owner or client again my background in design like if there's an opportunity to design you know i know you'll relate to this like a conference table or having something there where you have a very strong idea on what that should be or look like like being able to design it and take that and then give it to your owner as a finished uh, product. So uh, some level of fabrication, you know, whether that's like CNC or like having a shop to do, Hmm. maybe it's mill work. um, But that to me would just be the ultimate. uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I love it. What do you think, Tyler? I think this has been a great podcast. I think it's been really fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed it a ton. Guys. Nick, do you have any parting words? Do you have any jokes for us? You think you're funny. Do you have any jokes? (laughs) No, man. I don't have any jokes. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm authentic. Uh, and fun. And fun. <laughs> he is fun. <laughs> yeah. He's authentic. The other four are, are super questionable. But no, thanks for, so much for having me uh, on the number one uh, Midtown mm. podcast by a construction. What? Come on yeah. now. Let's go. I think so, somebody might have paid this guy to Someone say that, did. but for sure caught me off guard. Guys, this has been a wild ride. Thanks for having me. Guys, Absolutely. This is the Podchpreneur Podcast. Like Nick said, this is the number one podcast in Midtown Tulsa by a construction company. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next time. <laughs>